A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The hour started. Hello, we are the Mouth of Manliness podcast. My name's Nick Noise, and this is Brad Acton. Big Bad Brad. Big Bad Brad. Yep. Um, so the format is: we've got an hour. We've just put a timer on. We've got an hour. Think of it like an hour of therapy. When the hour's done, we are done. It stops mid-sentence if it, if it needs be. Um, we talk about uh, our. We talk about ourselves a lot in this. We're going to talk about our feelings, our vulnerabilities and insecurities in the hope that other people will feel comfortable to talk about how they feel. You know, primarily we're aiming at men because men don't talk about their feelings. But we are leaving this open for women as well because um, women clearly are going to be saying, I've got feelings about the fact that men don't talk. I mean, a lot of women I speak to, they would, they wish that men did talk more. Yeah. And clearly they don't. No, not enough. And it's quite often difficult to talk about stuff that you might think might make you sound weird or a little bit mental. <laughs> Where really, it'd be so much easier if you just maybe come out and said it and just got an opinion back on it and then at least you'd know rather than worrying about it. Well, exactly. And, uh, you know, men typically don't talk about their feelings. Why do men not talk about their feelings? Because they're frightened and looking like, you know, looking weak, looking like a pussy. Yeah. And, you know, what a load of shit. What a load of shit. What kind of state have we got in into this world from men not talking about their feelings? The other day I was thinking about, um, you know, like domestic violence. Yeah. Those kind of, like some serious issues that if, if men were more able to talk about how they felt, then some of these atrocities wouldn't happen. 100%. I felt angry before that rage coming up where you just want to kick the shit out of a wardrobe or cupboard. I think I did actually, yeah, I did punch a cupboard once and my knuckles disappeared into the bottom of my hand. I, I've done, I've, I did that by hitting, I, I'm, uh, I, I don't fight. I don't no, have me too. Fights. And uh, I, I've had like probably two fights in my life. One of them was, uh, I was at the fair and I was with some of my mates, we were all like heavy metal kids. And uh, uh, one of my friends trod in some sick and I laughed at him. Oh. And then he ran over and wiped the sick on me. Nice. Uh, and then someone else laughed. Uh, uh, friends, you know, one of my friends laughed and I hit him. <laughs> um, but rather than him getting hurt, uh, I broke my knuckle. Oh, God. I didn't hurt him at all. No. Nah. 
Uh, and I kind of learned a lesson that mm. day. I, I think what it did do, it made me quite frightened of fighting. Yeah. I have this kind of reoccurring dream where I'm hitting people uh, and I'm not hurting them. Uh, I have that dream all the time. What, you're sort of swinging punches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not doing anything? Yeah, it's just, uh, like my hand's just going to jelly. I'd love to know exactly what they're, because you can have sleep and that, like, dream analysis and stuff, can't you? There's books and shit. Yeah, have you ever looked into it? No, I don't know much about it, to be honest. I'm uh, sure there's a couple of books floating around indoors. It's, um, I've looked into it in the past, and uh, most of it is pretty obvious. It's like, uh, if you've ever studied psychology, psychology... Um, my wife summed it up the best my wife did uh, psychology at university and she said all psychology is either bullshit or it's um, or it's fucking obvious yeah because uh, really if you think about anything you can make sense of it yeah mostly um, and even about uh, your feelings like I've been on this journey in the last few years about trying to understand myself mm. um, and most of it's glaringly fucking obvious um and i can cut well of course it doesn't necessarily mean like you've solved it um but by understanding you have a better fucking better management of it it's like a little nod to sort of where it come from because my understanding of a lot of uh, because my wife studied um she's a qualified psychotherapist um and i loved it because she'd come home like with all this like just no wealth of knowledge and be like, oh yeah, this is that and that's why this works and that's why that works kind of thing. It really got me into it. And um, yeah, one of the main things I grasped is most problems come down to mum and dad. Like yeah, yeah, they do. So problems at home and... Yeah, yeah. The Freudian school. And that's it. it. But uh, I, obviously Freud has been discredited over the years, but I don't... Is that because he's cocaine use? Oh, I don't know. Um, a lot of a lot of that era, like Jung followed him. Yeah, Jung was Carl a uh, was a um, uh, what's the word? A student of Freud. Right. Okay. So if you follow them along, like they kind of go into one another, and they make a lot of sense. I learned a lot of this through looking at uh, Jordan Pearson stuff online. Yeah, uh, and Jordan Pearson is almost like. Um, He's great because he takes that kind of school of thought, but he moves it on a bit more. Uh, and, and he does stuff like uh, he'll use, like Disney, for example. He, he, I watched one when he had, um, he had pictures from Pinocchio and he was explaining how, how your brain works right, okay. uh, in relation to that or how uh, like a Jung or Freudian thing works in relation to that. When using Disney as the iconography, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's easy to, yeah. to kind of sort of, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's good really, idea. really good and you yeah. really kind of simplifies it down. Yeah, because they're icons that we already recognise yeah. and already know. And basically all icons stem from the original icons which were kind of almost mythology. Yeah. Uh, but the icons are... Typically, the masculine, the feminine, and all, you yeah, know, the, the obvious things. Boys are wearing blue, girls are wearing pink. Well, it, funnily enough, my kids were talking about that yesterday, and like my son's, like his favorite. Well, he has said before his favorite color is pink. Yeah, and I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, and I'm like, actually, it's not a girl's color. Uh, in the olden days, blue was a girl's color, and pink was for boys. I believe it. Even wow, amazing. Even in Victorian times. Yeah. Um. And uh, I remember when I was young, my favourite colour was pink. 
And even my mum, who is incredibly open-minded and liberal, was like, oh, yeah. no, let's try and get you to, like, another colour. Yeah. Uh, and then I then then I uh, became a depressive. And then black, I only like yeah. black, really, then. It's funny, because I say my black's my favourite colour, and my son started saying that. But I, I think it's cool. But he's got a young friend who he uh, plays with dolls as well as cars, and uh, like has his hair up in a in a bun and like like skinny trousers all the time. He's the coolest little dude ever, and I just love Buddy hanging out with him because it, you don't want to enforce anything on him. But if he can get anything kind of liberal and a little bit considered to be outside yeah. and open minded, without us having to kind of force it, I'm all for it. It's so cool. It's really cool because uh, what I've noticed is, um, say, like uh, we know some gay people, and. Um, like my kids have been oh they've not even asked but we've felt the need to kind of bring it up the fact that you know so and so's a man and he's with a man yeah and then you just say to your kids oh yeah he's gay he lo- he loves a man and they yeah. go okay yeah they don't even think about it because they've not had, it's almost like they've not had time to be hit by the stigma no and that actually there's probably less stigma now yeah but you know I don't believe we're anywhere near the point that it's completely oh no definitely but it's far better I mean I like remember that's all I remember from school shut up you gay you're a gay you're gay because you like this your trainers are gay this is gay that's gay your hair's gay it's like when I think back like where the fuck was everyone saying no, that's right. Where were the teachers and my parents and everything? Like, uh, see, this is like I, I like to think. I was discussing this with my mum uh, just yesterday, and I was telling her about the podcast and what we're doing, and she was really proud of me because she's always been a big advocate for mental health. She used Amazing. to work for Mind, and um, and she's always been a real advocate for it. And obviously, dealing with me, she's kind of seen firsthand, mm. and. Uh, and my, like, my sisters used to, they always called me the blue-eyed boy and said I was really, I was a spoiled one. Um, but they used to go, oh, you're, you're gay. Um, and I, they used to say I was gay because I didn't do boy stuff. I didn't play like football, football boxing So they stuff. would say, oh, he's gay. And then my mum would go, don't you dare say that. You know, and if, if we used any derogatory terms in that way, racist or anything, my mum would like have a go at me. Amazing. Um, so she was. So I was brought up very, very liberally in that way. And like, how many? How long ago are we talking? I mean, you're my agent, yeah. I don't, I'm forty-three. Oh my god, you're older than me. Um, yeah. Not that much older. That's rude of me to say. How old are you? Thirty-seven. Oh, okay. Same sort of age. Mm. So yeah, we're talking eighties, eighties mm. and nineties. Then them conversations were being had. So for your mum to be that liberally minded is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it? Maybe it was the fact that I didn't see any of that and the rest of culture just wasn't that liberally minded i think i think people weren't so liberally minded uh and yeah my mum was just pretty liberal like that Mm. Uh, and she just the conversation we were having was um she was going i'm really proud that you're really sensitive and you care about things and that kind of thing and I, I, I was kind of saying like, yeah, I am really, I, like, those are some of the things that I like about myself. But those are, those things themselves are some of the things that have made my life difficult. Right. So when I was a lot younger, um, 
Like, my granddad would always, like, I just remember being called a big girl's blouse all the time. Wow, really? So, by um, by the men in my family, um, and then and then my sisters would do it to wind me up. Yeah. So, I always felt like I was being uh, kind of, you know, I wasn't good enough. I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't manly enough, thus I wasn't good enough. Wow. And I was discussing this with her. And um, and then what happened is my mum then overcompensated, mm-hmm. uh, which made... So I was modicoled uh, to some extent, and then that made me more sensitive. Um, and, um, and I think, you know, in a lot of ways, that's kind of made... It's moulded me, and that's been... That's made things difficult for me, because I think I've been... In a lot of my life, I've been far too sensitive, mm. and then I. Uh, so then the only male kind of bits I did have were um, were negative. Did at any point you say, "Right, fuck it," then I'm going to go down the pub and watch football? Like, did was there any stage where you thought oh, I'm going to try and muck in with this and try and become? What they kind of want me to be. I do remember being younger and like trying to play football. Like, you know, after school, all your mates would go out and they'd meet up over the field and play football. Mm. And I used to ride over there and I'd stand around for a bit, make a few jokes and then normally go home feeling like I wasn't, like I didn't fit in. Wow. So I always felt that way, really. Mm. Um, There were periods when I tried to like kind of you know, like if England were playing, go to the pub and watch football. Yeah. Um, but I just fucking hated it. Yeah. I just detested it. It just it didn't speak to me in any way, shape or form. And I think what it was was um, I was getting ill. You know, right? Like I, I was, I started having mental health problems when I was nine. So I was starting to get ill then. Mm. So I just then kind of went, well, I'm shit then, aren't I? Do you attribute it to all of this stuff that's going on yeah. back then? All yeah. of those things were a factor in, in me becoming ill. Mostly um, just being knocked for, you know, in many ways not being manly enough. Wow. Um, Imagine getting a nine-year-old in here, though. Sounds a bit weird. Um, and literally saying, oh, you're all flimsy and that and you don't like football, that's weird. I would never dream of doing that. It's crazy. I think when I was about like seventeen, I think my sis, my eldest sister, started going out with her now husband. He uh, is very manly. I think he's mellowed a lot over the years. Uh, and the first thing it, it had to be within the first sentence of him speaking to me, he called me a Jesse. No way. Yeah. In what? what how? Uh, just because I like Jesse, as in he's from up north. That's the term they oh, use right, for like, okay, being, yeah. being a, a wuss, southern fairies, northern monkeys, and all that stuff. Stereotypes. Yeah, just saying. I was a Jesse. I was a girl, and I wasn't manly enough. Oh God! And then like, I got then the only thing I was any, ever any good at was drawing. Yeah. And like that's what sensitive people do. Yeah. Uh, and the only people who tend to get away with it are the wealthy. And my dad never really. I don't think he ever really kind of like the fact that I did that I think he was bitter that he had to work he never liked work so he was bitter that he had to work and then me fucking around with drawings going to college and doing drawings what if you could put yourself in his head for a bit what would you say he probably wanted you to do like following his footsteps and do what he did or no, did he ever say to you like oh you should be a, you should aspire to be a doctor or no, a builder or my dad I think he 
I I think he seems to be happier nowadays. I think my dad was probably quite depressed, and I don't know if he'd ever admit it. Um, I think it well, that's my only excuse for him being so distant. But I think um, he, I think he thought I should go and get a job, do something where I earn money, uh, because that's what he has to do. Mm. He doesn't like it. Um, so why should I get to do what I like? Yeah, I feel, I'm sure there was some of that going on there. I've never had this conversation with him. No, and like God, forbid, he started following us on Facebook. He might get to hear some of my thoughts. That worries me, but um, I, I, I can't. I, I came into doing this, um, uh, with the full intent of being honest. Yeah, and like, um, and I'm happy to have that conversation. Yeah, uh, I've been frightened to have it directly, but if it came up and he was like, "Well, what are you going on about?" Mm. I'll talk about it. I think like because I've been really ill this uh, well last year now, like I had a proper breakdown, and I, you know, my decision was was that I'm not hiding from any of this anymore, and I'm not ashamed of any of it anymore. Mm. I won't be ever again, and I'll talk about it. And that's why I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to talk about it, and I'm sure other people want to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, I, I'll deal with the consequences. I'm happy to deal with the consequences. In a way, though, it might be nice that this is put out there, and then he hears a little bit, and then he kind of makes his own mind up, and he kind of talks to you. It might kind of... It's not like a conversation out of the blue where you've had a few drinks at a family wedding or something like that. It might almost like prime the conversation kind of thing. Yeah, I've always been frightened that he might feel attacked and I think he would because no. he, don't, he don't come out of it very well. Right, okay. uh, But the truth is uh, I can kind of put myself in his shoes. Yeah. Um, that's why I say I think he was really miserable and depressed and so he separated himself. See, when I feel miserable and depressed, I don't particularly want to engage with my kids. But I learned a lesson from my dad. You know, like, and this is what people should do. You know, like, and so often people don't. You know, you've had a shit experience. Um, you should make all efforts to try and not uh, replicate that experience, at least with your own children. Definitely, yeah. And it's people, an opportunity sometimes yeah. by... A, playing it out again to kind of rectify it, not only in your head, but obviously in real life as yeah. well. Well, I believe that. And I think if you don't do that, then, um, well, you know, people don't do it for their own reasons mm. and they've probably got their own issues. But for me, for me, I was like, I can't do that. So when I find myself retreating, I think I don't want my kids to think, feel, feel that way about me. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I can't do it. Mm. I've got get back involved so when I was off for ages like um, my wife said the other day that my daughter was been going like why do I have to go to school Daddy, da daddy's oh, not wow. going to work and like daddy's always asleep mm. and she'd never said that to me until like a couple of weeks ago and like for me like so often I'm like well I'm ill and I'll, and I'll use that and like, it's like well I can't help it Yeah, and I'm like but I can't I can't do that mm. I've got to make the effort and it's g'd me up. It's g'd me up a lot. So I've had a great few weeks. There's a, I was going to say, there's a, a notable, noticeable difference in you from today than when we see each other. You were fine the other week, but like, you're like, definitely a bit more, yeah, a bit more chipper this week. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I mean, I had two hours of hypnotherapy the other day, which was fucking blinding. Um, and it's that, 
old adage of you've always got to be working on it. Yeah. So I, I see... I, I started putting stuff on... Um, stuff on Instagram and on there uh, I put uh, like hashtags mental health awareness that kind of thing yeah. because I really want to be involved in that I, I want this to be part of that yeah. and I want to be affiliated with it mm. and then um, and I noticed that a lot of uh, people who are in recovery or um, sites that are promoting recovery from addiction followed us and I'm like fucking brilliant yeah. and because I feel very much like my mental health is very, I, I see it very much like addiction as in if you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic, you've always got to be working on it. And I, and I, I learn that that's what I have to do. Yeah. And when I see my hypnotherapist, normally uh, that session is, you need to do that again then. You're not doing that. Right, you've let that go. Get back on with it. Get Through back no on. fault, maybe just like, because you're concentrating on one area, you might be missing out on other areas kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, so I'm not working on myself. Or I've just, let, I've given in. You know, yeah. like sometimes it just gets fucking overwhelming and I get and I go down. Sometimes it's nice to just be in that kind of self-wallowing. Well, that's right. Self-feeling. Sometimes, no, it is. Like you kind of like... Had an, had an argument or whatever and you kind of, you don't want to carry it on but you just think, right, I don't want to be... I can't picture myself just walking around all smiley in the next sort of 10 minutes no, or so. No. And you find yourself that little comfortable little bubble. Maybe it is loneliness, like closing away kind of thing. But the thought of like walking into a room and being all bubbly after feeling like that kind of thing always seems a bit odd. The way I've come to understand about myself is, and this is uh, from lots of therapy and discussions and things, is that your brain, I've probably said it before, but your brain uh, is always looking for negatives mm. because it's trying to protect you. Um, so if you then start thinking negatively, your brain's like, oh, this is brilliant. Uh, but for me, I've always been like that. Mm. I've always been really negative. I've always been miserable. And then everything I see around me just confirms my feelings because that's what my brain's looking for. Yeah. Um, and what happens is that becomes... You, like they say, I've got a borderline personality disorder, mm -hmm. and that is because I view the world through depressive eyes. Um, and yeah, I do, uh, less and less now. But um, so, what happens is um, that is comfortable. So, well, you know, it's like getting in a, a shitty, horrible, like getting in dirty bed. Yeah. It's comfy, it's cosy, mm. it's nice. Yeah. But after a while, it's uncomfortable and it stinks and you don't like There's it. There's biscuits in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like it's nice, it's comfortable. It is for a bit. Yeah. But then, after a while, actually, it's starting to make you stink. It's mm. making you uncomfortable and then you start to ache and you feel horrible. Yeah. Um, and you're sapped of energy so you don't want to get out of that bed. That's what it feels like. And sometimes you don't notice what it's like until you get into a new, be newly made bed. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, fuck, this is so nice and clean and fresh and I feel like a million dollars because I've just had a shower as well. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, you don't always realise you're in that slum until you kind of see the other perspective of it and then it's like, oh, fuck. I've but been... it's, like an old, it's like a bad habit. It's really easy to keep doing the bad habits. Oh, it's totally. easy to do it. So it's easy for me to be a miserable cunt. It's easy for me to be negative. Yeah. It's hard for me not to be. It's funny because none of that has ever come across from you. Like what? No. What I quite often see in you is I'll go, oh, this and this, and you go, well, fuck it, just do it. 
Like it's there's quite a like an edge to it that's like almost where my brain's probably thinking, oh, maybe this, maybe that, and you're you just cut straight to it and go, right, fuck it, just do it. Almost like a what have you got to lose kind of thing. Yeah, that's fairly new. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's me talking when I'm doing all right. Uh, when I'm not, what but, I'm saying is that's a positive trait. Yeah, no, no, and I'm really pleased to say that. But it's funny because uh, most of my life, it's only. I, I think like a lot of my friends would have said like I could be a miserable bit of cunt, um, but I don't think they would have said, "Oh, you're ill," because I could still be a laugh. And like mm. you know, if there's a laugh to be had, I'm normally first in there. Yeah, yeah. With a drinking man going, "Let's have a laugh," yeah. or, or you know, or oh, fuck it, let's just do that. Yeah. Uh, but my brain probably is doing the, the exact opposite. Wow. My brain's probably going. Um, my brain's probably going. Well, you've got nothing to lose because everything's shit anyway, and the outcome's going to be shit, uh, and you deserve shit. So um, just like who, who fucking cares? Wow. And so that's kind of where my brain goes, and that's when I'm like, the reason why I feel like I'm shit and I deserve shit is because. Um, I never felt good enough. I never felt like, um, you know, I was too sensitive, I was too girly, and I wasn't manly at all. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I was just, I got um, quite fixated on suicide really, really young. Uh, I used to write, um, I used to write obituaries about myself. Uh, I used to write suicide notes. Um, I used to, my happy thoughts tended to be, um, when I'm dead, uh, everyone will feel, feel bad then. Wow. And that, that was pretty much my default setting uh, until probably about a year ago. Does anyone else know about these thoughts and feelings? Uh, like my mum, mum did. Um, a few people probably along the way, but I wasn't really that open about it. No. no. So now I talk about it quite openly, mm. uh, but a lot over the years, no, not really. No, um, I didn't tell everyone I was obsessed with killing myself. Have you ever thought about, um, like, looking back, how people might have felt like if you did do it? What if I killed myself? Yeah, um, I just thought uh, I wanted everyone to hurt as much as me. Wow. So if I died, I wanted my friends to feel really bad. That um, that they'd made me feel shit. Mm-hmm. So some of my best friends are alpha males. Yeah. Just by the bare fact that them being alpha males um, and me having to follow them mm. made me feel bad about myself. It's that's not their crazy. fault. It's not their fault, but that's what it did. Yeah. Um, I I never felt I stacked up against men at all. No. Um, and I generally find now I quite like talking with women because they talk about feelings and it's a lot more honest. Yeah. Um, but because I didn't feel like I was manly, I was always frightened to kind of get involved with girls. So I've not had lots of girlfriends by any means. Well, because you'd almost be scared, worrying that they think you're trying to crack on with them or whatever. Yeah, where and really I'd you be just rejected want... because funny, cause I've always been rejected. And... This has literally just come up with, with my little boy. So he's saying, oh, like all the boys over this side or the girls over this side. And there's been a few little things that he said, uh, like his party's coming up. 
And she's like, oh, who are you going to invite? And he's like, oh, like, you know, Albert, Oscar, this kid, this kid. And, and Kate's like, well, no girls. Like, no, 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 no girls. And we're like, you can have, like, friends who are girls. Yeah. And instantly I just pricked up. And I was like, Did, we need to encourage it. Like, maybe he needs to see me with friends who are girls. Maybe he needs to see us socialising with other couples and stuff like that. It really worried me because something as simple as that could literally be the seed towards, oh no, girls do this, girls stay at home and do the washing and blokes go out and do the work and the football. It scares the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. So going back kind of briefly to what I was talking with my mum about and and, uh, the set up at home was my dad went and earned the money. Uh, He did fixing stuff and technology. Yeah. And my mum did everything else. Mm. Later on, my mum earned more money and that caused it caused problems. And then I think my dad felt emasculated and he didn't like that. Wow. Um, and then my mum was going, well, that's just the way it was. It's been like that since Victorian times. And I was like, no, that's not right. No. Uh, well, well, for starters, no, that's not fucking right. Mm. Like, things need to change. Yeah. You know, and that's why we're here. Mm. But um, also, I'm like, no, that started since the beginning of humanity. Yeah. The hunter-gatherer, no, the hunter and the gatherer. Yeah. Women gathered, the men hunted. Mm. And I was saying to her that um, to break that cycle that is intrinsically within us, without us even knowing it, we separate ourselves out. We separate, men and women separate. Um, Men um, have almost got that internal fucking... I, can't, I used a really good word for it. She was well impressed, but I've forgotten it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, men um, men have always done that, and it's almost like that's the way men are meant to be. Probably because it feels more comfortable naturally in that yeah. direction. So, actually... And their fathers. Yeah. And but, generation, yeah. generation, generation, generation. And even now, that's still very much the case. You mm. know, most managers and men... Um, not necessarily everywhere. I've been lucky enough to have a lot of female managers and I am really pleased about that yeah. because they've been, I've been able to be honest with them mm. where I might not have been so honest with a man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's intrinsic cleanness and um, breaking that is really, really hard. Mm. And what happens is we're all, we're like, we as human beings are fucking lazy. We're at least mentally lazy. Yeah. We might not be physically lazy, but we're mentally lazy. No, I'm physically lazy as well. Yeah, I'm physically lazy too. Um, but that's because I don't think I'm fucking good enough to be physical. No, I wouldn't go down the gym because <laughs> I'd be worried about everyone, you know, being able to get to the gym without being out of breath already. Well, yeah, I mean, that's very true of me. And what do you wear? But like, I don't do any of that stuff because uh, I was always felt felt inadequate mm. so I've never done exercise because I feel inadequate when I do exercise I feel like I, I feel self-conscious so I don't do it yeah uh, and that's still with me now um, but so but what I was saying is that we are it's easy to just go with the obvious thoughts and feelings but the reality of it is is that we don't have to do it no we don't have to Um and if anyone's listening to this and they're interested in this kind of shit, Eckhart Tolle uh, is amazing. I um, I like reading, but I don't always like reading these kind of books particularly. Mm. So my advice is if you want to learn about yourself, and this is what I've been doing over the last year, and it's changed my life. It's changed my life. I'm so much better. I'm less ill than I've ever been, than I can remember. Mm. Um, and I just watch stuff on YouTube. 
So, uh, one of my therapists, well, my hypnotherapist, Peter, if you're listening, you're a legend, um, recommended uh, Eckhart Tolle to me, and he's, he's about being in the present. So you don't, in any given situation, you just think about what's going on now. That's my holy grail. That's my wealth. I consider that wealth. If I can get yeah. to that stage when I'm present in the moment, yeah. I had a little stage of like meditating and reading like Ram Dass and stuff that like that. That takes you in the right direction. And I almost got there for a little while, but it's, I could not keep... It's so hard to keep hold of, and that is my currency now. If I can get to that state of mind, that is worth more to me than anything else. I think the, I think, uh, the key is... It's not forcing it. Mm. That is not forcing these things, and but his book is like the power of now. Um, but yeah, if ever you're interested in this kind of stuff, look at it on YouTube. Yeah. Don't get, you don't need to get the book. No. There's loads of lectures. Like I was, I just looked him up this week because Peter said, "Look on YouTube. He's a funny little man." Yeah, and he is. He's lovely. He's really, really quiet and softly spoken, and. Uh, and basically, like he does, there's loads of lectures on YouTube, um, but it's also broken down into like he sits there. He don't necessarily go up and give a load of spill. People just go up and ask questions. Mm. Like, how do I do all that? And he'll go very quietly, very softly, and he'll say, "Well, you know, try this." And it is. It's like practice doing this. Yeah. And um, they say like breaking daily habits is like the key to most successes. I think. Yeah. They put it a bit more poetically than that. No, but, but that's true. Mm. And that's what I am still trying to do, is to break the thinking habits. Mm. Everything else I can deal with. I find I can like come off of something quite easily. Yeah. Like I can give up something and do it quite easily. Mm. Because all of that stuff's physical. I, I can do that really easily. The prob- What I can't do easily is everything mental. Mm. Like, you know, I've... Like I, I really feel like I could give up smoking quite easily, but I don't want to. Right. Um. But like, I just find this the mental stuff I can't do, and that's the stuff that I have to work on. Yeah. So he says, like, it is basically your brain's always chattering, 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 chattering all the, all the time. Mm. Uh. And a percentage of that we call the chimp is going, don't do that, don't do that. If you do that, that'll happen. If you do that, that'll happen. And for me. That chimp's fucking massive and it's yeah. shouting in my ear. <laughs> that's the problem. So, um, what I've learned is that I don't fight it, mm. and I and I, I go, it's the chimp. I say to myself, it's the chimp. Do you do almost everything it tells you to do because it's the overpowering emotion? That's what I have done. And the chimp's going, well, don't do that. You're a cunt. Mm. You should be dead. No, that, that was that was the overarching thought has been in my head since I was. I don't think I was... I would say I'd say the overarching thought, at least since I was 11, has been, what are you doing that for? You should be dead. God, it sounds like a right prick. <laughs> Who have you got on the other side of the chimp? Is I, there no any... One. Nothing. So it's no just one. you and the chimp. Yeah. So now, just being told that your faults are just faults, your faults aren't in charge, you don't have to listen to your faults, I was told that last summer, mm. and I went, "Oh shit!" I thought my faults were my brain. Yeah, no, they're not. That's a part of your brain. Yeah, not your whole brain. It, it, it's not even you. Yeah, it's not. No. And with practice, 
And I still fall down and I still struggle with it. And I've only been doing it for like, well, get, actually, probably getting on for about a year. Mm. And uh, in that time, learning to go, rather than what I used to do is fight the faults. So I'd get fucking wankered. And I drank constantly for years and years and took drugs for years and years. And I hurt myself and I did, and I self sabotaged for years and years, even after I had children. Like they just made it, made, made me feel worse about myself. And then, and then I saw a psychotherapist and they went, like, you've got to ditch all that, you've got to stop doing that. That's what's making you worse. Mm. So Eckhart Tolle says, it's fine. You feel bad. You say, I feel bad. You don't fucking fight it. No. And that seems to be the key. And, that, and that's very much in uh, mindfulness and Buddhism is that you don't go, you don't try and fight it. You go, it's fine. I feel like that. It's just the feeling. I suppose because otherwise you just become another person telling you what to do. Yeah. You're telling yourself what to do. Telling you that you're shit. Yeah. Telling you you're shit. I feel like this. This is fucking shit. I'm fucking shit. Mm. So you don't do that. You just go, I just feel bad. Mm. You know, like, I feel angry now. Or I feel miserable and I feel... But trying to think why I might feel that way. And then go, oh, I feel like that because of that. Of course I feel like that. Yeah. And I do that and I'm like... And it just gives it so much less power. It's like positive, so it's positive self-talk kind of well, thing. Well, I don't know. I'm, I don't Not even... positive, but like more getting a balance maybe. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, but what I actually try to stay away from the positive affirmation, that mm. kind of thing, because um, I think it uh, it almost sets unrealistic um, things to aim for. Yeah. So if you're going around going, right, no, I must be positive. I'm not being positive. Oh, right, right, no, I must be positive. Yeah. The idea is very Buddhist. You mm. go, uh, it's fine. And that's what, and I find myself saying it all the time now. Yeah. It's fine. You know, it's fine. Uh, I feel shit today because work's made me feel like I'm like I'm not very good. And I'm like, so, right, I know why. Uh, so my brain's going to be going, well, then, you know, you're a cunt. And I'm like, no, I'm not a cunt. I just feel a bit bad about it. And I feel a bit, you know, bad about it. So I just kind of sit with it for a minute and mm. go, and I say this like it's easy, it's fucking not. It's no. taking a lot of work and I still fall down. And with distractions during the day and yeah. work and everything else. And then like, then there'll be 10 other things mm. that you, that your brain's going, well, you're a cunt because of this as well. Yeah. But then I, and then, but what I have found is that if I just sit with it and I remember, and if I'm, then it, if I'm struggling, I'll go on YouTube mm. and I'll go, even if I've just got my phone, like I'll look up Jordan Peterson or someone like that and they'll go, your brain's just telling you that. It's fine. And it's like, well, I can deal with this. Yeah. You know, that's not me. Um, I'm not that. Actually, there's a lot of other things I feel all right about and I just don't fight it and I find sometimes with positive thinking it feels confrontational. Yeah. So, uh, so I've ditched that. Ditch it. I don't don't do that at all anymore. How do you deal with when the negativity negativity comes from an external source or from another person? Does it, does your 
brain respond in the same way. Yeah, it does. It does. It does on an instant. Yeah. Um, but what I try and think about is that them saying that makes me feel like this, and I just try and hone it down into what the feeling is, and I'm like, okay, I feel like that, and I do. I just kind of zen it a bit. And mm. I'm like, Right, they've just made me feel bad about myself. And I'm like, all right, I feel bad about it. But now it's up to me how how I let that then dictate the rest of my day. It's such a powerful thing. Because in that moment, I'm so busy trying to please the other person. Yeah. And I would literally hang on there every word thinking, I'm just going to do whatever you say because I don't want you to think I'm yeah. with this and that. Like To be able to almost step out of that, situation and have the knowledge to go right they're saying this that's fine because that's their opinion yep. or their upbringing or they're saying and this makes, yeah and that's and that is exactly what i do Brad. Is they, they're doing that and i imagine their reasons for doing that is because they feel insecure mm-hmm. and the way they make themselves feel more secure is by putting me down yeah and i'm like uh and then putting me down and i just go dot 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 that makes me feel insecure but actually what they're saying has got nothing to do with me, really. Do you do you ever confront it? Are you confrontational with it, or do you just more of a smile and nod and just accept and go right? That's what that's their problem, right? Fair I, enough. That's your opinion, right, and just move forward. Or no, no, I'll argue in my corner, mm-hmm. but I always do it in a in a way when I'm like, uh, my mum said to me years and years ago, and I, I kind of did want to talk a bit about mums in. But my mum, um, she's always said to me, killing with kindness. So I'll, I'll do, I'll go, oh, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. And I just almost put it back. Yeah, amazing. So I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. Um, what, like, how are we going to get past it? And I'll kind of do the wheeze, like how do we sort this out? Uh, but even having that, insight to do that in the instant would scare the shit out of probably 80% of people. Oh yeah, if you come back with if you come back with kindness, most people back down. Especially as they're in my experience when people are kind of like kind of talking at you, don't let you answer, make their own mind, they've already made their own mind up, they're kind of belittling you, they think that they're above you for some reason. I find it loads on like different sites I go on and stuff like that and site managers you know, because they're at that desk they're kind of instantly above you and they think they can kind of talk to you however they want to talk to you but as soon as you make them understand that you don't really give a fuck about what they're saying and you're kind of on the same co- level conversationally and you can literally see it sort of suck the wind out of them almost yeah. and then I'll make some sort of joke and then before you know it everyone's mates in the room and it's kind exactly. of like so it's the 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 theory is is that anger meeting anger makes explosion. Yeah. So if you meet anger, so I've worked, I worked in probation. I used to get people coming, and basically they don't like their situation. Um. So they think if they shout at you, you will back down, and go okay, do what you like. Yeah. But you can't do that. So I used to get shattered at all the fucking time. Mm. So I just learned to go, what's going on? Do you want to talk about it? Are you all right? And they go, no, no. And I go, look, I really don't want to have an argument. Like, it, it's fine. Look, just, you know, go away, come back. 
and then you just take the wind out of it straight away because what they want is you to argue back or you to back down. Yeah. Don't back down. You just go, oh, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Mm. You know, oh, I'm sorry, man. Like, it's fine. Look, look, we don't need to shout. Or you go, look, go away, come back. You know, no judgments. It's cool. Do you think maybe that is, obviously you can't judge, but them relying on like the physical, almost like we were saying, like the caveman kind of like shout louder, yeah, show who, a presence. Who shouts loudest wins. Yeah, all, maybe they feel all they've got left is like the physical strength yeah. maybe or like their youth and yeah. young supple and, and muscles. And what they're trying to do is manipulate the situation yeah. um, to get things their own way normally because they feel like they've got no control. Mm. Uh, and actually what they're trying to do is either they're really angry not and I always kind of bear in mind that quite often people aren't really angry with you no it's a situation yeah so they vent at you mm. and then if you're kind of quite relaxed about it not like so relaxed <laughs> like you don't give a fuck no but if you're relaxed about it and you're like okay well fair enough mm. like you know what we're we gonna do? How how can we sort this out? Yeah. Then it just goes down straight away. Takes all the emotion out of it. Yeah. And it's more on a practical level. And that's kind it. Of thing. If you can take the emotion out of it, and that's kind of what I try and do with my feelings. Mm. It's almost trying by identifying emotion. I'm by identifying labeling it. it. But yeah, in that process, I'm separating myself because I'm like, well, it's I'm feeling that emotion now. Yeah. And this is what I've noticed is that differently to women and I do think this is turning because I encounter more and more women who behave in a more masculine way I have done over the last few years mm. when they use similar traits that men use now yeah and I, so which suggests to me that this is just a general problem even on a simple level culturally you're seeing like lad culture and I, maybe not now so much but they're, there was a period of time so much more. associated with like the north and newcastle yeah. like all that, i hate all those stereotypes anyway because anywhere you go there'll be men drinking well, women course. drinking and everything else but culturally in the media it was kind of noted that um, there was the Ladette come about in like yeah. late 90s and yeah. early 2000s and yeah there was that kind of thinking that the changing thinking more women working and stuff like that but that's on a really basic Neanderthal level as if like everything can be solved if like more women just go work and drink in pubs kind of thing yeah, yeah I kind of uh, I can relate it to like crime statistics basically more women are committing more are getting there's more women committing crimes nowadays. wow than they used to be. That's incredible. And a lot of those crimes <clears throat> are more typically masculine crimes as well, opposed like to smash and grabs and bank robberies. Well, and... violence. Wow. Um, but typically, I think um, women, like normally, uh, or have been and still are, are more emotionally literate. Mm-hmm. So they can talk to one another, and they say, like, "You know, like, I kind of learned it with my wife is that." Uh, a man will try... Like, if your wife's got a problem, your first thing is, me, man, me, self. I always get told off for trying to fix everything. You can't solve the problem. They don't want you to solve the problem. What no. they want you to do um, is talk about it yeah. or just listen. Join the team yeah. and be involved in the moaning or the drama or this has happened, that's happened and just sympathise or cuddle or yeah, yeah, just yeah. like... Just listen. Or just be a shoulder to cry. Yeah. 
more often than not, it's just about listening. Yeah. So because they do that, they are much more emotionally literate than mm. men. Men, um, nine times out of ten, they just generally don't know how, how to kind of say, I feel this. and I, So they can't make sense of it. No. So if men are more able to kind of understand it, so then they go, well, I feel this, and that's just normal. Or I feel angry because, rather than just men just tend to go, I'm happy, or I'm fucking angry. Yeah. One or the other, on or off. Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing in between. No. And I think what I'd like to be able to think is that we might be able to help men to develop the, the grey area, the vast grey area in the yeah. middle where they can start to understand some of those feelings because that's why you get men fighting. Mm. It's like, oh, you just said that about me and that's made me feel a bit insecure about myself. Yeah. So I'm they don't. Do they this. just go, you've just made me angry so I'm going to fucking hit you. Yeah. And it's like, and then that other person... Again, though, that is solving uh, the problem that's been put in front of the them right in the most away. direct way. Yeah, because I can't deal with having a problem no. I can't fucking solve. And the problem with that mentality is you'll hit that person, that person will hit you. Their mate will come along, yeah, he hits I you. And then that. their mates come along, and then their mates come yeah. along. Then one of them knows where you live, and then they'll come and smash your house down. Yeah. And like that... Men, that is as as high. That's the peak of that level of thinking. Yeah. And there is a whole culture out there that exists on that plane of thought. Some some of like my oldest best friends are, are like that. Yeah. Like they 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 might not be violent aggressive people, but you know like you know you're you're funny with their wife or someone talks to their wife. Yeah. They're instantly like. I'm going to go and fucking hit that cunt. So can you imagine what Facebook has done to these people? Yeah, yeah. Just made it It work. must just fucking destroy households. Can you yeah. imagine? What, you like this geezer's thing? Oh, yeah, he made like a really yeah. nice, really made a really nice quiche. Oh, fucking quiche, is it now? Oh, what, you want it yeah, all exotic? Oh, it is. Yeah, I feel all insecure now because I can't make a fucking quiche. So I'll hit him in his man bun. And I'll, I'll yeah. it. Like, it's crazy. It's funny. The other day, like, it's such a good point, bro. It's just so, so true. Like, I, uh, I've been what I've, so I had an experience last weekend. Someone put something on Facebook about they they'd found the card, uh, someone's like chip and pin card uh, at the shops, and they put on like the local site. I don't go on those, but you yeah. know, like, a local buying and selling sites. Yeah, I found a card. Um, if your name is so and so, like get in touch. Yeah. and I'll, I'll give it Facebook's back to great you. for stuff like that. And you like, admit. and you're like, that's lovely. Yeah. Like what a good guy, mm. and he went lucky. No, so no young bloke found this because they would have spent all your money. Wow! And my wife said, "My wife said that's really lovely you did that. Yeah, you know, what? That's a really great thing to do. Um, uh, but let's not, you know, not all young people do that. No, I like to think my little boy would." bring it, turn it into the nearest shop. But I think he was talking about teenagers. In general, like, yeah. But, you know, you're like, not all teenagers would do that. No. And they really wouldn't. No. They really wouldn't. No. Uh, and let's not just make these fucking sweeping assumptions because those are the things that destroy the world. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and then his response was, uh, fuck off, you fucking troll. Oh, you're God. a fucking cunt. Wind your fucking neck in. No. Like, really, like, oh my instant God. aggression. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, that's for starters, like, I don't believe in the division of sexes. However, you're like, that is a woman said that. Yeah. 
fuck off you fucking troll and then so she she was being baity really but um, she thought it was really funny and I was just thinking I thought it was funny but I just thought you know really that kind of shit kind of makes me feel sad if I'm honest yeah because like I find it I actually I, I feel like this all the time I feel embarrassed to be a man. Yeah, it's kind of like a little negative little blip that's just kind of come out of nowhere. And you just think, if that was a real-life situation where we were in the high street oh, yeah. and then some that guy picked it up and then what was said was said and then what the other thing was said, it would be like, yeah, mate, all right, yeah. And then it would have just gone. We were, everyone would have just walked off. But, I, but it evoked feelings in me. Like she, uh, some she kind of did a screen grab of it, which was totally baity, I know. And then someone else went, right, and it was the administrator kind of had a guy at me. He was like, "Wow, that shouldn't fuck it. That's, why are you having a guy at me?" And I just thought, "Oh, I see this every day. Yeah, people just go, I'm, I've been wronged. Mm. She shouldn't have fucking done that. Yeah, and it's and easy for me to put it right because all I've got to do is write it now in a message. Yeah. I haven't got to verbalise it. They're not going to hear my voice crack when it shows that I'm no, a little no, bit no, scared no, no, or yeah. whatever. I can literally I say can fuck and troll and everything else and say whatever I want and it, they don't know my actual real kind of feelings and it's kind of hidden behind that thing. It's and crazy. what he was probably feeling was... I just did a nice thing there. Why yeah. is she having a go at me? Yeah, why I've I've done this and I've put it on Facebook so everyone knows what a nice thing yeah, I've done. Yeah, what a nice thing I've done. Yeah, and then she's had a go at me and now I'm getting told off and I've just done a nice thing. Yeah, like that was what he like. I'm sure that's what he was yeah. feeling. Whereas what he should have done was gone. Oh, actually, yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming just from. Yeah, that's a really lovely thing you did there. Yeah. Um, Oh, no, fair enough. That's a really good point you just made, is, yeah, just read it and yeah. just get on with your day. My favourite thing Ricky Gervais says um, in his latest stand-up, obviously on Twitter, you choose to follow someone. Yeah, yeah, so you buy into what that person is saying. You don't, no, don't buy into it, but you can basically unfollow someone yeah. if you want to on it's Twitter. To and he said that is the modern-day equivalent. When someone puts something on their Twitter and you read it and then you respond... Is a modern day equivalent of there being a sign in the town square that says guitar lessons, and you walking up to that sign, basically shouting, I don't want fucking guitar lessons, and then getting the number on it, and then ringing up going, I don't want fucking guitar lessons. Like, you wouldn't do it in real life. You just unfollow people if you've got a problem with it. Yeah. You can literally just swipe away and then just put it in your pocket and get on with your day. But that's the thing, it is one of the really horrible things about um, social media is that. Yeah, people are like, blah, yeah. blah. And, uh, but again, I think people think that that is them. That profile is them. And now they've got a new power where they can take all these new things because they like this football team on there or they've they've got in first because someone's died and they saw the news first because they don't work. And all of a sudden they've got the power of going, oh, rest in peace, this person, I've said it first kind of thing. And they kind of think that that is them. Yeah. and they have to uphold this kind of thing, whereas that can change every day. Like You can delete all of it yeah. and make it all pink or brown or put photos on there of a different football team or different music. You can literally just delete it all and not have Facebook, which I think is the answer for everyone. Yeah, you just take it, as it, take it or leave it, yeah. take it as it comes. And it's like, but, you know, I could almost, kind of, I could almost take myself through his thought processes. And then, and then I had this moment and I'm like, it was a Friday night and I had, I had a bottle of wine and I'm like, 
should I be messaging him? <laughs> yeah, him? all of a sudden you need to stand up for your uh, wife, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's just made me feel really shit about myself. I didn't yeah. tell my wife that. Um, but I, I felt myself retreat. Because in your head, did you think so, she might be thinking, Nick, you're going to let this guy talk to me like that? I don't think... I In my head, my uh, my chimp was saying that. I can my imagine. chimp's going... I bet he's going, you fucking get round out. <laughs> yeah, my chimp was saying that. Yeah. And as I say, I see that in people I wouldn't expect it from all the time. Yeah. Like that jump, oh, it's my fucking missus. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you don't fucking say that about my yeah. missus, you can't. I'll fucking come around and smash your fucking head in. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like I'll meet you at the, at the Oaks and we'll fucking have it out. But what separates us from the chimps is our ability. It's our ability to reason. Yeah, stop those faults. Yeah, exactly. And say, do you know what? Yeah, like we said, we broke it down. This guy put it on there, thought he was doing a good thing, didn't expect any negativity, probably expected loads of women, oh, yeah, yeah, tennis yeah, players oh, to yeah, flock yeah, round yeah, him and, yeah. yeah, bloody angels to flock out or whatever. And this negative comments come out of it. Really, if that was you or me, and this has happened to me quite a few times when I've put little jokey things on and then I've not really, I've only thought about the joke and someone's turned around and gone, actually, Brad, that's a little bit out of order. I've literally recoiled. My stomach's turned round. I've yeah, gone, oh, shit. Sa- and I've literally deleted it as quick I'm as so possible. Sorry, I made you feel like that. Yeah. And like the, the correct response to that would have been, oh, that's a good point. I yeah. didn't think of that. Point taken, really sorry. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. I'll edit it. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. But uh, people are like, well, I've just been a superhero now and I've just been really manly. Yeah. You know, oh, no. I've, I have, if I was a man, I'd have fucking used that card and spent money yeah and I feel really good about myself because I didn't yeah I, I almost think like it was but we should give that to him that. though because that is maybe a step up in the life that he lives yeah, in the life true. that he leads that maybe uh, the opposite might have happened to him and he's decided to change the culture or whatever and gone no do you, do you know, know what? what I'm going to take this straight back in and, you're and do that you're completely right you're completely right yeah we'll give that to him and say Actually, you did do a nice thing there, mate, whoever you are. Yeah. Um, your comment wasn't required. No, you just made yourself like a cunt sounding that stuff. Young people steal, you know, or young boys, like, steal. Yeah. Maybe that's what you did do when you were younger and you don't do now. Totally. And respect to that. Yeah. No, you're right. You're completely yeah, 100%. right. 100%. But that is what gives, that it makes us us. And that makes other people other people. And I believe everyone is capable. I'm not saying we're any good, better or anything else. But I think just applying that little bit of thought and being humble when someone gives you that little bit of thought back is like two really important bits of information. It don't take a lot, does it? No. It really don't take a lot just nope. to go, oh, no, I'm not going to give an immediate response. No. I'm just going to read it through a couple of times. Sometimes I find myself writing stuff out and I almost press send because my brain instantly works in jokes, especially on Twitter lately. I'm seeing stuff and I've gone, right, I've got a thing for that. I type it out and then I think, oh, actually, I know someone online in particular is going to take offence to that, so I'm just going to delete it. And it's hard because the bit of me that wants to go, 
be funny really yeah, quickly, funny. be liked and yeah. like whatever, and loads of people are going to like it, is saying, God, stick it on, stick it on. But then just that thought of, maybe because it, it has happened a couple of times, it happened with a video um, I did for the Hardcore Listing podcast, another podcast that I worked on. Um, and we've got a video on of um, 76, who has not been mentioned enough on this podcast. I love him to bits. Um, and he was talking in his car uh, and... It's going to sound bad as I say it, but in context of the video, it was kind of a bit down because we were downtrodden because we were producers and Chris and Stewart, you know, making us do all of this stuff kind of thing. That's kind of like the thing we were playing along with. And he was in his car um, with a hose pipe filling up the car full of oxygen, um, exhaust fumes, you know, essentially kind of killing himself. But in the context of the video and in the whole play of what we were doing, it made perfect sense. I even posted the video and someone quite rightly because he had his son in the car, said, you know, that's... Oh, he didn't actually do it? No, 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 no. It was just a joke? Yeah, yeah. Suicide's not cool, and he's got his kid in the car. It's a little bit out of order. And I genuinely, like I said, my body spun around. I was like, I genuinely oh, yeah. didn't have that line of thinking. It was more because we're following this kind of thread of yeah, who we are yeah, and what yeah, we're yeah. doing and everything else. And it was complete. It was genuinely innocent. And looking at it from that perspective, it really makes sense. And from then on, I've really second had like a second thought of you know what I'm actually putting on it. I think that is comes part and part of responsibility of what we're doing. We're lucky we can talk candidly here, um, and you know say what we want. But yeah, just having that little pause before you actually press send to say am i actually doing the right thing here again i think it's a level of intelligence uh, yeah I, it's a it's a it's about being self-aware yeah and being a little bit more aware of what the impact of the things something i'll happily admit i've never really been no i, I uh, what I, I get so full up in my own misery oh shit that's the hour that's the hour, everybody. Yeah. The beep's gone. That was lovely. I, I thought it time. was coming. But uh, that's it. So uh, be nice to each other out there. Yeah. And um, try and, when you do things, try and just think a little bit before you do it, men. Yeah. Because we, we, we as a species can be really shit at that. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.